Ephesians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, and whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So from this passage of Scripture, I'm going to use it as a launching point, and I'm probably going to be doing a little more teaching tonight than maybe what we would call traditional preaching, but I want to talk to us tonight about pillars for a successful life. All right, pillars, and I probably won't be very long, but I just want to, I want to give you something that the Lord has helped me understand um, over the last year or two, but pillars for a successful life. Amen. If you'll help me, you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Amen. This scripture says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. It says that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and that Jesus Christ himself, he is the chief cornerstone. So what that is saying is that it is Jesus Christ is the one who and what everything else ought to revolve around. All right? It is about Jesus Christ. He is the center of everything. He is the most important. The Lord is the most important in our life. Nothing else, nothing even comes close to the priority of God in our life. Amen? So this whole book this, that we call the Bible, it's about Jesus Christ. From the beginning to the end, it's a, it's a book of redemption that comes through Jesus Christ. From the time Adam and Eve fell in sin in the garden, the Lord spoke to the serpent and He said, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And the, the seed, of the, is the, the heel is going to bruise the head of that serpent. That was a prophecy about Jesus Christ coming. And so from the beginning to the end, from the front to the back of this book, it is a book about Jesus Christ It's all about Him. Our lives ought to be centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. Our homes, it ought to be centered around Jesus Christ. Our homes are not to be centered around our jobs. Our homes are not to be centered around other pursuits, but our homes, every one of them. I'm talking to everybody. Our homes are not centered around a television. Our homes are centered around Jesus Christ. He's the most important. It's like the song we sing sometimes. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus. And it's all in Him. And so my, my point here to start is that our lives have to be centered around something worth centering our lives around. Something eternal. It's very important that we put the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. It's why the scripture says that he is before all things. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. He is before all things and by him all things consist or they continue to exist. 
He is the head of the body, which is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. That in all things, God might rise to the the forefront. That He might be the most important element in our lives. That nothing else would even that nothing else could even reach to that spot. Everything else would try to would fall short. Anything else that would try to distract us or pull us away from God, it would just simply fall back down the mountain because God is on the throne. So Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the vine. And he said, you are what? The branches. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. That's, that's an important scripture for us to grab a hold of. That without him, that without the Lord, we're not going to get it done. New Life United Pentecostal Church is not going to get it done without the Lord. If we're not anointed, if we're not in the vein of the will of God, we're not going to get it. Without me, he said, you can do Nothing. It is in Him that we live and that we move and that we have our being. And so it is with this knowledge here tonight and with this understanding that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone that we have to build our lives. And we begin to construct a living. We live our lives out. And so as we build our lives, and I think it's important for all of us to hear this, but especially our young people and our young families. It's important for us to get this tonight. That as we build our lives and as we move forward and we begin to construct who we are and what we're all about, is that we have some important pillars that, that identify us and support and the important factors and elements in our lives that are going to make us successful. That are going to deem us a success, and live a fulfilled life. It's, um, the, these are some things, as I said, the Lord has, has helped me to understand over the last, I don't know, I would say the last couple of years. And, and, and you know, I, I was reading the Bible um, Thanksgiving Day, and, and the Lord dropped, dropped another one. And, and so this is why I'm sharing this here with us tonight. But... Um, there are four pillars that I'm going to touch on here tonight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any one of them. but I just want to, I want to drop these uh, to you and, and, and let you chew on them for a little bit. But there's four very important pillars. And there may be more later in the future. If, you know, maybe the Lord will share something later with us or with you or with me. I don't know. But very, four very important fil- pillars that every one of us, need to have in our life. You ready? We need a salvation experience. A salvation, a biblical salvation experience. Number two, and I'm going to go back and touch on these. If you're writing them down, you'll you'll get them here in a minute. Number two, we need right relationships. Number one, we need a salvation experience. Number two, we need right relationships. Number three, we need purposeful ministry. I'm talking about things that every one of us need to have in our life if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be fulfilled, if we're going to be happy. Because you take one of these elements out, we're missing something in our life. 
So we need salvation, we need right relationships, we need purposeful ministry. And number four, we need a future hope. We've got to have something in front of us. So let me touch on these here for a minute. Number one, a salvation experience. It's the most important. It's where we start, a biblical salvation experience with God. And at any time you hear something you agree with, please talk back to me and say amen, all right? Thank you. But Jesus said, you have to be born again. You have to be born of the water and the Spirit. And a salvation experience begins with you and I becoming a partaker with the Lord Jesus Christ. That we become a partaker when His death, we become a partaker in His burial, and we become a partaker in His resurrection. Many of these things, you, you all have heard these, you've heard me preach these, you've heard me teach these over the, over the course of the years. But the death, burial, and resurrection, um, it is the New Testament plan of if anybody wants to be saved, if they want to have an experience with God, they need to repent of their sins, that is the death. They need to be buried, that is baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are buried with Him by baptism. And we need to have to be resurrected, that is to be filled with resurrection power, that is the gift of the Holy Ghost. So it is death, burial, resurrection, it's repentance, baptism, being spirit-filled. When you go back and you read the scriptures, particularly the New Testament, you see that John the Baptist preached, taught, and practiced this. Jesus Christ preached, taught, and practiced this. The Apostle Peter, he preached it, he taught it, he practiced it. The Apostle Paul, he did the same. It is, the, it is the conversion experience in the Bible. None of us have the right to go back and alter this, tweak it, change it to fit our conveniences. I can't say, well, this, this, people aren't listening to this message, so I think I'm going to water it down. I'm going to change the way I, I present this. I'm going to change the way it sounds. I listened to somebody who used to be a, an apostolic preacher. I listened to him one time, and he was uh, preaching in a denominal church. And um, he, he, he never said Holy Ghost. And it, it surprised me because I, I knew this person. And he, he's, he's, he, just, he went the wrong direction and, and he's, he's preaching this. And he, instead of saying people need to be spirit-filled or people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, he was talking about how, well, we need to accept Christ. We need to accept Christ. We need to accept Christ. And just completely changed the way the presentation of the gospel to, to make it more palatable for people to swallow. But I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to be saved if they don't have the Holy Ghost. I can't change that message. That's what Paul said, that without the Spirit of Christ, we are none of His. I'm not the judge. I'm not the, the person who determines who's saved and who's lost. That's God's job. But I do have the responsibility and the obligation to preach the gospel the way it's written in the Scripture. Amen. So, Number one, we need a biblical conversion experience. Jude 1 and 3 says, Beloved, I gave all diligence. Look at this scripture on the screen. I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you, to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It is a common salvation. And I'm going to preach it. And I'm going to keep on preaching it. I'm not going to change it. Just so, just so people will um, 
You know, one thing that you and I need to understand is that people are offended by truth. That doesn't mean we are offensive in our presentation. We never want to be offensive to people. But people are going to be offended by truth. And so we preach the gospel. We preach the truth in love. But there are people that are going to say, I don't believe that. I don't want that. People are going to be turned off. People were turned off by when Jesus spoke truth to to them. He did. And so um, just because we preach a message and not everybody embraces it doesn't mean we have to change our message. We keep preaching the truth. We keep re- preaching remission and repentance, or repentance and remission of sins in His name. All right, everybody with me so far? So we got to have a salvation experience. This is the first pillar in our life. All right, this is where we start. We st- we have to have that in our life. If we don't have salvation, nothing else matters. Nothing. If we're not saved, if we haven't been baptized, we haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. Nothing else matters. Second pillar, though, it is right relationships. And when I talk about right relationships, I'm talking about two things. A vertical relationship with the Lord. I'm talking about a successful life. I'm talking about a fulfilled life. It is a vertical relationship with the Lord, and it is a horizontal relationship with people. Jesus said the most important commandments, the the greatest of all the commandments, is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And this this has to um, become important to us. I'm afraid this relationship with God is not important to everybody. That, That it's not important to enough of us. I'm afraid that our relationships with one another is not important enough to some of us. That we have to get this right, and we have to get this right. This is a pillar, folks. This is important. This is vital. Beyond having a salvation experience, i got to learn to walk with God. You know, when a man and a woman get married, sometimes they'll go have a honeymoon. But after a few days, they'll come home from that honeymoon. And they'll begin to set up their home. And then they have to start learning to live with each other. And then they start to learn about each other. They learn to um, spend time with each other. This is, this is not the honeymoon. This is now home. So they learn to spend time with each other. and They, turn, they learn to um, talk to one another and have conversations. And then they learn what pleases their spouse. And then they learn what displeases their spouse. And they go through this time of, of building a relationship in that, that marriage. And it's, it's, it's not all honeymoon. It's real life. It's learning to walk with one another in in agreement. The same is true after a person repents and is baptized after somebody receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. They have to learn to start spending time with God. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm going to tell you just as plain as I can tell you, the reason some people are not fulfilled and the reason some people are not satisfied with life 
is because of this deal called right relationships. This is a pillar. This is important that we learn to walk with God, that we learn to spend time with the Lord and we learn to listen, start listening to God and we learn to start having this conversation with the Lord called prayer. And we learn to start reading His Word and, and asking God for His will. We start learning what pleases the Lord. And, and we start understanding what displeases the Lord as we, we grow in this relationship with the Lord. Because what happens sometimes is sometimes people have a relationship with the church. And sometimes people have a relationship with the preacher. And more important than having a relationship with the church and a lot more important than having a relationship with the preacher is that we need to have a relationship with God. We need to walk with God. I like the way Jeff Arnold, Jeff Arnold said, he said, he said, we need people who walk with God. We don't, need to, we don't need people who walk with people who walk with God. We need people who walk with God. And so that's, that's why it becomes so important that we step up and not just be affiliated with the church, with the pastor, because pastors come and go and churches come and go. And regardless of pastors coming and going and churches coming and going, somewhere along the line, we've got to have this pillar in our life that hey, it says, hey, I'm going to walk with God. And so this vertical relationship, it has to be right. We have to be walking with the Lord and living for the Lord. But it's also very important that we have this ver- or horizontal thing going on. In fact, this relationship is often hinged on this relationship. Am I telling the truth? If you're a husband here, or if you're going to be a husband, it's very important that a husband treats his wife properly, the right respect, and honors her properly, because if a husband does not treat his, his wife respectfully and properly, the Bible teaches us that God's not going to hear those, that man's prayers. And so, if I mistreat that lady, I might as well not even get down on my knees because I'm wasting my time thinking God's going to answer my prayers if I treat her wrongfully. If I want God to forgive me, I've got to forgive people. If I don't forgive, he's not going to forgive me. And so it's, it's so important that, that these, this thing called right relationships are in order. Um, that, we, that we learn to forgive and we learn to let go of grudges and bitterness and things like that. And, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that there are people who are not fulfilled, who are not satisfied. They are not, they are not living life to its fullest because of some past issues and past hurts and past struggles and past battles that somewhere along the line they didn't release and they didn't let go and they're, they're holding on to that, that unforgiving spirit. And so it, what it does is it takes that whole pillar out of their life that they need to build a successful life on. It's missing. Andy Andrews, great author, he wrote, a, he wrote uh, in one of his books, he was telling the story about, he said, he said I, I broke my kneecap. He said it was, the, it, was the, it was the most painful thing he had ever experienced in his life. He said, until I had an ear infection that put me in the hospital and he said, after that was over, 
he got to thinking about why an ear infection was, was so much more painful to him than, than breaking his kneecap. And he came to the conclusion, he said, he, he came to the point he realized that when he broke his kneecap, he was able to somehow, uh, mentally, he said, mentally he was able to amputate um, that pain or that, that leg. He was somehow able to separate himself from that pain that was in his knee. He said, but when I had an ear infection, he said, it was in my mind. And I couldn't get away from it. It just, it just constantly nagged on me. I couldn't, I couldn't separate myself from it. And the same is true with sometimes in our, in our, in our spirits, in our, in our relationships. We have to learn to separate ourselves from some things. I, I, I heard somebody say this a month or two, sometime back. I heard somebody say this, that, that when they go into a room with people, and this, is, this was so good. He said, when I go into a room, he said, I try to be the hardest person in that room to be offended. I try, he said, I try hard to be the, when I enter a room, to be the hardest person to be, to, to, to offend. And I thought, that is so good. Because we live in a time where, where it's just, everybody feels like they've got a reason to be offended about anything. The next time you go into a room with a bunch of people, Try to, be the, try to be the one who's the hardest person to offend in the room. I'm talking about living fulfilled. I'm talking about living successfully. I'm talking about living a fulfilled life. It's, it's right relationships. It's getting pretty quiet. But if we don't have this right and we don't have this right, there is a pillar that's missing in who we need to be. Matthew 5.43, Jesus said this. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. Love your enemies. Bless them which persecute you. And you know you're on the right track when you catch yourself praying for people that have used you. That's worth writing down. You know you're on the right track when you catch yourself praying for people who have mistreated you, that have used you, that are, that are your enemies. You catch yourself praying blessing over their life. Because it is, it's vital, folks. It is so important that we not only be saved, but that we get this stuff right. Amen? Third pillar is purposeful ministry. People have to have a reason to exist. We've got to know what we're all about. And I'm going to tell you that our reason to exist is not to reduce the carbon footprint. Our reason to exist is not to get the cows out of the pasture so the ozone 
is depleted. That's not what we're about. But our reason is to serve the Lord. And part of walking with God is serving God. What am I doing for the Lord? What am I going to do for the Lord? Who am I going to touch? Who am I going to love? Who am I going to impact? Who am I going to reach? See, there's too many people that are living their lives to themselves. They are wrapped up in themselves. And it's it's amazing how many people you talk to and all they say is I, 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 and me, 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 me. And all they can think about is themselves and what they're dealing with and their problems. And their life is wrapped up in themselves. But if you want to fulfill life, turn that around. And say, who am I going to help? Who am I going to love? Who am I going to reach? Who am I going to bless? Who is the person that... Because I'm, I'm convinced this, that the happiest people are people, the, the, the most fulfilled people are people that are doing something for the Lord. They're doing something for God. They're not wrapped up in selfish pleasures. They're not wrapped up in selfish pursuits. They're not trying to make another dollar. They're not trying to buy another possession. But the happiest people is they're doing something for other people. Doesn't mean we compare ourselves with other people. Doesn't mean that we, we try to do what other people are doing. We're, we're, we're doing where the Lord has directed us. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And we can walk through the doors that the Lord opens for us. We can do what we know to do. We can love on people. We can show kindness. Get this. We can touch people that don't matter. See, sometimes I think people just want to help people who they know they're going to get some in return out of it. They want to help people who they'll know they'll get some recognition out of it. Or somebody that will um, somehow return that favor. But why not touch people that don't matter? I don't say that derogatorily in any manner. But it's, it's reaching people and sharing and teaching people and discipling people. And I would say here tonight that purposeful ministry can never come ahead of that first pillar of salvation and it can never come ahead of that pillar of a relationship with the Lord. If you want to do something for God, If we're going to do something for the Lord, we better be saved and we better be walking with the Lord. If you want to get up here and sing with a microphone, you better pray. If you want to get up here and play an instrument, you better get on your knees and talk to God before you get up here. If you want to go teach a Sunday school class, you better be praying for those kids. You better better have a heart for ministry. You better... You got you got to get you got to get the right relationship with the Lord if you're going because you can get the cart ahead of the horse and and people can can try to can try to do something for God but but if they're not walking with the Lord eventually that ministry is going to fall apart it's like trying to build a house and setting up a house when there's not a proper foundation or there's not a proper footing underneath that house, eventually it's all going to crumble, it's all going to fall, if we're not walking with the Lord, if we're not living for the Lord. Amen. So we want to be saved, we want to be walking with the Lord, we want to do a work for the Lord. And lastly, 
an important pillar to have in our life is we better have a future hope. And I, and I think it's important that we're asking ourselves these questions. Am I walking with God? Am I saved? Am I walking with the Lord? I think we ought to ask ourselves, what am I doing for the Lord? Is this pillar a part of my, am I building my life on this? And fourthly, do I have a future hope? Where are we going? And what are we aiming for? And what is our destination? Because I've learned that if we can set a goal before us, we can endure a lot of things. If we set a goal before us, we can endure a lot of other junk that comes along in our lives. If we're living for only what we can accomplish in this life and what we can gain here, that's pitiful. If we're just all about making another dollar and buying another possession or trying to accomplish and get, you know, get to the next level, that's pitiful. That's a pitiful life. Paul said, if in this life we have, we have hope in Christ, we, have, we are of all men most miserable. But if you want fulfillment on this life, start looking toward heaven. Start looking toward eternity. Say, I'm going to heaven. And I'm just going to tell you as I wrap up here, I'm going to heaven. And you can come with me if you want to. But I've already made up my mind. I'm going to heaven. And... Paul said, I, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And there is, there is nothing. You hear this, Pastor. There is nothing that's going to deter me from, from, from uh, going to heaven. There is, there is no possession. There is no, no amount of money. There is no job. There is no sin. There is no relationship that is worth laying aside my hope of eternal life just so I can have more of this or more money or I, can, or I can accomplish another task. There is nothing. Nobody can hurt me bad enough that I would lay aside my future hope. Nobody can offend me bad enough that I'm going to lay it aside and say, I'm, I'm going to heaven. And you can come with me. Because here's what Paul said. He said, I count it all just like a... Pardon if this is too uh, disgusting. He said, but it's just, it's just dung that I might attain Christ. He said, all that stuff. He said, I've, I've got all of this pedigree. I've got all these accomplishments to my name. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I'm a, I've got this, this uh, credential that I can that I can hang behind my name, Paul said. He said, but if it comes right down to it, none of that stuff matters because I'm going to heaven. And so what I'm telling, all I'm saying, this is a very simple message here tonight, is that we need some things in our life. Now we, people can fill their lives with a bunch of other garbage and a bunch of other nonsense. But if you want life to make sense, get saved. You want to be fulfilled, walk with God, and have a right relationship with other people. And you want, to, you, want, you want your life to be satisfying. Go out and do for other people and serve other people and serve the Lord. Jesus said this, he said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will in no wise lose your reward. That's what he said. But nobody saw me. It doesn't matter. 
but serve other people. Serve God. The reason so many people are dissatisfied and unhappy and unfulfilled lives is because they're living their lives to themselves. And they need to turn that around and start serving and loving and giving and sharing. And then keep your eyes on what's most important, and that's heaven. What's holding your life together? What's holding your life together tonight? What's, what's, what are those pillars in your life? Some, sometimes I know people try to construct their life and build it upon something that leaves them unhappy. They said, oh, if I can just get this job or if I can just get this degree or if I can just get this. And they try to build their life all around that. And then it all crumbles and all falls apart. But if you can build it around the Lord, He is the chief cornerstone. He is the most important. Praise the Lord to a satisfying and a fulfilled life on our way to heaven. Stand with me, please. I wonder if you'd just indulge me tonight to help me sing an old, beautiful hymn. And it says, Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. How many know that song? Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Do you young people know this song? Anybody know this song? All right, we've got a few that are going to help me sing this. Sister Wallace, do you know it? Kenneth, you know it? Stand with me and sing it. The words will be on the screen. Hallelujah. Got a good key there? Only Jesus can satisfy your soul.
Let's praise the Lord. God, I worship you tonight. Glorify your name. Thank you for grace, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises, Lord. Help us, Lord, to walk with you and to live faithful, Lord, lives before you. God, I pray that you would watch over and bless us today. Bless our homes, God, and may our homes bring you glory. Let them, Lord, be a refuge for those that are hurting in our world. And help us, O oh Lord, to fulfill your will. I pray blessing upon each one of us today. Ask for your favor in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget tomorrow night, Katrina Brittle.